0: numbers told the story they always do this is a numbers game with Gil alexander on vsend
1: one of those idiots who believe in analytics
2: yeah that's me one of those idiots who believes in analytics. We got some analytics today. We got some non-analytic stuff as well. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling Game, Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Thank you for joining us this morning. Matt Neverett in for the ailing Jeff Parlay. Can we call him ailing? That sounds dramatic, doesn't it, Matt? I That's probably one way to put it, that. yeah. Ailing. I hope he feels better. Uh, but we thought uh, precautionary, maybe Jeff take one more day off. Hope everything's okay with him. Hopefully he'll be back soon. Matt, uh, voice of the Las Vegas Aviators, AAA affiliate of the Oakland Athletics, does UNLV games. You did a UNLV game yesterday, right?
1: Yeah, they, uh, they lost in baseball to Utah. Your fault. I'll be doing the uh, women's game against
2: uh, Reno tonight. And Wyatt Tomczyk, who's also here, will be doing it on the radio. Look at you guys. I'm telling you. Ben Wilson, all you guys, doing big things. Good for you. Uh, We will have on the show today, we'll talk a whole, but really a a plethora of sports. Matt Cox on college basketball from three-man weave. Jason Weingarten, uh, Weingarten, I should say, from under a cloud of smoke in Southern California. We'll talk, among other things, sadly, baseball with Jason Weingarten coming up. Andy McNeil makes his triumphant return to the show. We'll talk hockey with Andy Preston Johnson. You may know the sports cheetah from... uh, from shows gone by here uh, on a numbers game, maybe the Beating the Book podcast in years gone by, probably uh, more primarily in, in more recent years from ESPN's Daily Wager, Preston, as we mentioned the last time he was on the show, now a, a guy who owns a team through the beauty of NFTs, through his success with uh, non-fungible tokens um, with uh, CryptoPunk Comics. He has a path, if you will, the crypto path to the Premier League. We'll talk to Preston, who still keeps an eye on uh, the NBA. And uh, I'm guessing, Matt, we're going to have a little discussion about Love is Blind. Because who doesn't want to talk about Love is Blind? We'll set some odds on that as well. Uh, Chris Felica will join us as well, too, from uh, ESPN's College Game Day. He's got some bets he wants to make uh, on the NFL draft. Who's going to be the number one pick? He has some thoughts on that, obviously, from his college football perspective. He's going to bet some golf this week. So we'll talk to uh, Felica here momentarily as well. First thing out of the way before we get to that onslaught of guests... A couple things we discussed on Primetime Action last night with Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin, which I think deserve a little repeating here today, which is a couple props that are out there. Again, some of these not available where we are in Las Vegas. Some are, some aren't. But this is primarily for those who have the beauty of not living in the state of Nevada, and you can bet on these liberally wherever you are. First, odds to win the NBA Rookie of the Year. Let's start with that Uh, because this is interesting. These last couple days, Scotty Barnes, last couple games I should say, uh, for the Raptors in their back-to-back wins over the Nets. Scotty Barnes has gone off. 28-16 and 16, a couple games ago. Uh, had several steals, I believe, as well in that game. And then another double-double last night. And so right now, if you look at the odds to win the NBA Rookie of the Year, this courtesy of DraftKings. Evan Mobley, former Pac-12 Player of the Year at USC last year. the Cavalier success this year. Minus 700, which just seems egregious. Now, I'm not saying he's not the favorite, because he probably is. But the gap here, there's got to be a bet on either Scotty Barnes, and we'll get to the next one. But Evan Mobley's minus 700. Scotty Barnes is 7-1 to one with the Raptors headed to the postseason, obviously. Well, one would think. And then Cade Cunningham, who's 8-1. to one. Now, there's other candidates on that board. Josh Giddy having a great year for the OKC Thunder at 12-1 to one and on down the line. Uh, some of the preseason sexy picks like Chris Duarte and Jalen Green, not so much anymore. But well, let me focus on Barnes and Cunningham. Because, again, I do think Evan Mobley should be the favorite, but should Barnes and Cunningham be 7-1 to and 8-1 to respectively? Remember last year. Let's go to Cade Cunningham for a second. Well, let's establish this first. If this was an MVP market, the whole your team is good matters. But it's rookie of the year, so it doesn't matter that Cade Cunningham's Detroit Pistons have won, what is it, 15 games this year. Does It It should not matter for this kind of thing. Cade Cunningham, who, by the way, let me raise my hand. I thought coming out in the draft, the fact that he was the number one consensus pick, I kind of looked askance at that. I was like, really? Are we convinced he's absolutely the best player in this draft? Well, the Pistons have gotten everything they possibly wanted out of Cade Cunningham. He has been spectacular this year. And at 8-1, to one, I listen, I don't think that's a terrible bet. And just as a, a statistical comparison, remember last year, Last year, LaMelo Ball won the Rookie of the Year for the Charlotte Hornets. And the only sort of debate we had internally with LaMelo Ball winning it was, would he end up playing enough games? Because remember, he was hurt for most of it. And we're like, oh, it's 41 games. If he doesn't come back, he did eventually come back. But is that enough games in a somewhat truncated season to win the Rookie of the Year? And that was really the only debate. It wasn't about whether he'd win it or not. It was just about, did he play enough games? Anyway, he ended up last year as the Rookie of the Year with – 15.7 points per game, 5.9 rebounds a game, and 6.1 assists. 15-7, 5-9, 6-1. Well, Cade Cunningham, who's sort of of an afterthought here in the NBA Rookie of the Year market at 8-1, Cade Cunningham this year, 16.1 points a game, 5.6 rebounds, 5.1 assists. So in one of those categories, first of all, in the... uh, in the category of in the points category, he's ahead of Lamelo Ball and assists and excuse me rebounds and assists. Very comparable, by the way. He uh, he has one point two steals this year. Well, I should say field goal percentage? Lamelo Ball did have a little better four thirty six to 397. So we could quibble about that. But in terms of points, rebounds, and assists, we don't say a word about Cade Cunningham. We were gushing over Lamelo Ball last year, so it's not as Outlandish as it as it should sound, so I'm thinking if you what we said last night was if you want to take a unit and split it half on Scotty Barnes at seven to one and half on Kate Cunningham, that's probably a way to bet this. Or if you have specific conviction on either Barnes or Cunningham, and I just laid out the case for Cunningham. You put the unit on that. So again, we don't. I don't know that we have this widespread in Las Vegas, but you can certainly bet it at DraftKings here outside of. The state of Nevada. So that's that's the first thing. The other one was, uh, I believe it was points bet points bet put up a uh, NFL combine. Yeah, points bet put up an NFL combine prop. Now, I'm not sure if this is up this morning yet uh, still or not. Uh, I haven't checked, but it's it. They set the fastest 40 yard dash at 4.29 seconds, 4.29 seconds. And they had the faster, let me, let me get the wording correct, because when you do over-under here, it gets all confused. But faster than 4.29 seconds is at minus 130. And the slower than 4.29 seconds was even money. Now, again, I'm not sure if this is still up, but if it is, got to bet the slower than 4.29 seconds at even money. Historically, in the history of the combine, only 13 times, 13 different players total, have gone below 4.29 seconds, and you're talking about the John Rosses of the world who set the record at 4.22, the Henry Ruggs of the world, the Champ Bailey's of the world, the Jacoby Fords of the world. Those are the guys, the super duper elite. Otherwise, you're not breaking 4.29, and so the fact that the slower is the even money, I'm pretty. I was pretty amazed that that was it. So, John Ross with a record 4.22. Uh, I'm thinking most recently what happened last year, Ruggs with the with the 4.28, I believe it was. Yeah, you no, know, four point two seven, he clocked in. So most of these, yes, most of the ones that have eclipsed the four point two nine, and in other words gone faster than the four point two nine seconds have been over the last, you know, course of the decade. This is how this works. We know that from the Olympic Games, records get broken as time moves on. But still, it's only 13 guys all time. And so you say, okay, who are the possible players in this year's NFL Combine that could go faster than 4.29 seconds? How could we debunk this potential bet at slower than 4.29 seconds, which is the one that I'm recommending at even money? Well, one of them would have been Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback from LSU, who is a consensus top 10 pick in this year's NFL draft. But he, along with some other players, has said, I got no reason to go to the Combine. Why should I bother? And who could blame him? Because all he's going to do is hurt his draft status. By the way, have you seen this trend, Matt, where some of the coaching staffs now are not doing the combine? Yeah, I saw that. Is that the a uh, protocol thing? Is that uh, an I, agent thing? Because I know there's a lot going on with the agents as well. I mean, I think it's one of these things, honestly – You know, the Combine is famous for ridiculous picks based on Combine performance, too. Mike Mamula, who was drafted by the Eagles in, like, 1995, who was this notorious bust that the Eagles drafted really high because he was this unbelievable Combine participant, right, performer. And I think the Kyle Shanahan's of the world in San Francisco, they decided he's one of those, like, we're not going. I just think it pollutes, in some people's minds, it pollutes your whole opinion of their football playing ability. You're like, why should we... Why should we color what we think of, of a certain player by his, you know, ability to jump as high or as low as he does? So anyway, back to the 40-yard dash, and there's a lot of players who have opted out here. Matt Corral, quarterback, said he's not going to join the combine either. But Derek Stingley Jr., he would have been one of them, but he is not in the combine. So, the, so what it really comes down to is this kid from Memphis, Calvin Austin the a wide receiver from Memphis, Uh, He is a guy that, if any player in the draft or any player in the combine, pardon me, has a shot at breaking this, it would be him. Uh, I don't know how much a quote from him means to you, but he says, "Uh, Of course, I want to run a super fast time in the 40, and I'm expecting something 4.3. Remember, 4.29 is what we're discussing here, but it's just going to be getting out there and running my own race. When that time comes, it'll be a testament of my training. So that doesn't sound particularly confident in breaking 4.29. And I just think it's one of these bets also, and again, points bet, good for them for putting it out there. Hopefully, they'll put it back up if it's not on now. It's one of those where if if you can get the slower than 4.29 seconds at even or at anything, anything, you know, that's better than a coin flip, man, I would totally bet that. And it's also one of those bets where you have to be prepared. If you lose it, tip of the cap. Good on you. Calvin Austin III or whoever it is that breaks it, good on you. Some bets you have to be willing to lose, and that would be one of them. So anyway, those are just a couple of thoughts. Uh, NBA Rookie of the Year, which I do think Cade Cunningham is, uh, is, is live enough, quite frankly. Um, so I think there's ways to bet both of these things. We'll come back. Chris Velika from ESPN's College Game Day, Stanford Stephen the Bear podcast, of course, Daily Wager. Want to get his thoughts on the number one pick in the NFL draft. That market is widely available, and it has shifted. Evan Neal, the favorite? Should he be? What are Felika's thoughts? It's coming back next. And golf, a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Gil Alexander, we get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the feedback on the stuff we talk about or beyond, you know. Uh, Jeff Levine, Gil, the college basketball system from Dr. Bob regarding conference tourneys' worst teams versus teams with a 400 plus conference record opened last night 2 and 0. IUPUI in Northern Alabama. Uh, they, uh, North Alabama looks like hardest. Uh, looks like hardest. Charleston Southern tonight. I have the whole list as it sits now. And IUPUI, by the way, what Jeff is referring to, Dr. Bob was on a couple of days ago, because I had mentioned that I think that I think Pepperdine, I'm going to look to see what Pepperdine's number is in the uh, West Coast Conference first round. Really bad conference record, but in conference week, the worst teams step up. And as Bob was saying, I don't know what it is, if the perception of a new season. They've got one more shot to get into the to, to the big dance, whatever it is. Um, but if, they, if they're playing a team that's better than 400-win uh, percentage in conference, the record ATS over time is amazing. IUPUI did it with five players last night. Now, I know they were way down, and they covered in the end, but they covered. Uh, Matthew Mayberry, talking about our uh, 40-yard dash thing, he said DraftKings has slower than 4.22 at minus 1,000. So 4.22 is the all-time record. John Ross. By the way, Daryl Green allegedly in the 1986 training camp in D.C. was actually in Pennsylvania, allegedly ran a 4.09. Now that's speed, baby. Hall of Famer. Uh, but Matthew Mayberry says, DK has slower than 4.2, 4.22 at minus 1,000. If you've got the liquid, if you've got the stomach for something like that, sounds good to me. I don't know how many people have the stomach for that, though. Uh, mile high, David. Said 40-yard dash was up in uh, the app at Points bet in Colorado till I tried to bet it, declined the bet, took it down. Okay. Hope that didn't happen, but maybe it did. Chris Felica's is here, everybody, from ESPN's College Game Day. The Bear from ESPN's College Game Day. Of course, Stanford Stephen, the Bear podcast, and Daily Wager. How you doing, man?
3: I- I'm doing well. So it-, it took uh, all of one. One night for that Lakers number to come down to thirty-five and a half. Now, so I was, I was happy about that Lakers result last night. That worked out well.
2: Yeah, let's let's uh, let's recap that for people. So you texted in yesterday. Uh, DraftKings puts up adjusted season win totals, and we were talking about how the Lakers was set at thirty-six and a half, I believe it was, which meant that they and yeah, thirty-six and a half. Yeah. Thirty-six and a half. So what did that mean? That they needed to go ten and twelve the rest of the way to ex- mm-hmm. to exceed that, and their schedule's brutal. It's brutal. It's the second-hardest remaining schedule in the NBA, so we said under that and uh loss yesterday to the Mavericks. They're on their way, <laughs> as they say. Yeah,
3: I, I guess the only thing that could potentially save them would be a couple of those teams towards the end of the the season already have their playoff spots uh, locked in like the Nuggets could be locked in. I guess the Warriors could be locked in. And you're talking to a guy that doesn't really watch the NBA, but I, but I pay attention to it. I mean, I, I like uh I like a buck just as much as anybody else, and I can can look at the schedule and break it down, hopefully, and and see what's happening, but yeah, I I, I checked this morning, and it already got knocked down to uh, 35 and a half, so... There you go. It's it's a good start.
2: There you go. That should be on your tombstone, Chris, a man who likes a buck as much as anybody else. Chris Felico lies here. (laughs) Uh, All right, Uh, number one pick in the draft, in the NFL draft, that is available uh, widespread to folks generally outside of Nevada, but still widespread nonetheless and uh it's it's a it's a slew of offensive linemen now right because jacksonville has the number 1 pick in the draft and you would think and this would be justifiable right that they would want to protect their you know their bread and butter of trevor lawrence with a stud offensive lineman it's also a draft that doesn't have a quarterback tempting enough one would think for other teams to want to trade up into that spot so if you assume jacksonville is taking it you got to assume offensive linemen. but now Evan Neal's the favorite. Though Mel Kiper Jr. put out a mock, and that changed. So, where do you stand on this?
3: I mean, I I, I, I kind of agree with uh, everything you kind of laid out there from a from a treetop standpoint. And, and the biggest thing is, is there isn't a quarterback out there that anybody's going to be dying to trade up to the number one spot. So, like, Jacksonville really doesn't have a ton of leverage, and I don't think there's going to be a ton of suitors at all uh, to move up for that pick to, to take the, an offensive lineman. I mean, that, that's the obvious target. And so, like, like with, with Jacksonville not going to trade the pick, I mean, more than you know, they could, but uh, I don't see why they would. I mean, I think they have their pick of offensive lineman with the with the number one pick, and I, I think Neil is Certainly a, a a very strong possibility, and, and I think uh, Aquinas from NC State is someone who I think his name is going to move up quite a bit uh, over the next month or six weeks or so until the, uh, the draft. So uh, I, I would be surprised if it weren't one of those two two guys, Neil or Aquinas. You've got Lawrence, and you would think that uh, with an offensive-minded head coach, you're going to want to put uh, your, your number one pick, your French best quarterback from a year ago. In the best position to succeed, so I, I would think offensive line's to pick. I don't like Aiden Hutchinson as the number one pick. Like I, I think people are going to see that Georgia game. Like I, I think people are going to break down that film and see he was very productive. But what kind of position does he really have uh, in, in the NFL? Like what I, I think people might might just assume like oh the, the, the knee jerk reaction uh, defensive end, Big Ten, Ohio State, like, and think there might be getting Nick Bosa. They're not. Uh, he's not that type of player. So he was a he was a super productive player in Michigan. Great kid, great career. But I don't see Hutchinson as as number one pick type material. And look, there may be some people out there in some organizations. that say, hey. He played for McDonald in Michigan. He's now the defensive coordinator of the Ravens. NFL type defense. He can fit. But we'll we'll see what happens. But I would I would lean towards Neil or who is as the uh, the two guys most likely
2: to go number one. So let me just give you an example of the odds that are out there. We'll go to DraftKings because BenMGM Nevada, proud sponsor of this show. I don't see it on the, on the app right now. But Evan Neal's at minus 115 to be the number one pick of the draft, uh, offensive tackle out of Alabama. Then it is Hutchinson at plus 275. But let's skip over to Ike McConwu from uh, NC State, also offensive tackle. Uh, Plus 450. Now, last night, Matt Brown was able to get this at 6-1. to I even think he missed the the best number. But that has dropped just a touch at most places. you got to shop around for these because these are all over the place. Because Mel Kiper had a mock draft, which had a combo going first. I don't know how legit that is, but it was enough to move it just a bit, one would think. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is next, and then it gets you know, then it gets wildly high with the Malik Wilson and the Charles Cross. Another mm-hmm. offensive line from Mississippi State of the world. So if you're, if I'm telling you right now, all right, what are you betting on? Evan Neal minus one fifteen or a conwood at, at plus four fifty? What are you doing?
3: I'm doing both. I'm not just gonna, I'm just gonna create a, what, what I what I hope is a, uh, a little scalp or a little arc, thinking that it's going to be one of those two guys and just figure out the math to try and make a little bit of money. Yeah, that, that's what I'm. And, and, and I'm, I'm glad you hit on Mel. Because with these mocks, because that's what these markets are priced on. Like they don't know anything. They're reading Mel's mock. They're reading Todd's mock. They're reading Daniel Jeremiah's mock. Whoever is out there, and that's what they're kind of pricing things on. Like they don't know. So so like I mean, if you if you can try and like decide like what mock you want to go with or or form your own opinion, you can find uh, some value and some prices with the within your own pains if you think some of these mocks are wrong.
2: Racket, so, as Romy used to say. Racket. Uh all right, we got two minutes here, Chris. Uh golf. Arnold Palmer I this guess. week. You have been betting a lot of golf?
3: Uh I have, yeah, man, Daniel Berger got me on Sunday. It was funny, I sent uh you and our other buddy a, a text on Sunday morning saying, Why is Daniel Berger only minus three seventy <laughs> yes. and, 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 and I just equipped. Yeah, I I guess we found out why. But yeah, that was a uh, that didn't work out too well. We got it back with uh, with Kentucky last night, so we're, we're all there good. Go. We made our uh, we made we made our money back. But you know, I I have them. Um, I bet some yes no's to, to win majors this year. I bet uh, Deshambo no. I bet Hoblin, no. I bet Sam Burns no. So those are three guys that I bet no. I feel pretty good about Deshambo now, and uh, and I, and I, I even I bet the uh, the, the champions to our top tens last week based on uh, Jason Weingarten's suggestions. So that worked out well. As well, but yeah, you, you, for this week, like you, you don't need me or anybody to tell you to bet Rory McIlroy or Mark Leishman or John Rahm or whomever it, at an event like this. It's a tougher field, so uh, I did I bet two guys uh, to win in top ten and bet a matchup as well. I bet Jason Kolchak at, uh, at 50 to one to win uh, plus 400 to finish in the top ten. Like uh, this event is uh, dominated by guys with a strong course history here guys who play long irons into par fours very well, uh, and a lot of Euros as well. So, Kohlcrack is the first guy i played. He's been no worse than 10th each of the last three years uh, at Bay Hill. He's also got a couple of top, top sixes prior to that. Uh, he putts well, long irons well. Uh, Christian out was someone I played as well. Uh, same prices, two trips to Bay Hill, 7th and 18th a uh, good enough putter where it looks like he likes the course. And they're playing Johnny Scheffler over Victor Hoffman. All That's right. By trip that
2: I have Thank you, Chris. We appreciate it. Sorry, got to run. You're
3: running me off. Sorry,
2: hey. running him off. <laughs> Chris Felica. <laughs> Preston Johnson next. Numbers gave me some of these sports betting network.
1: Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network.
2: Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team's here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, on every key team conference at Blair to Watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to v through April 5th for only 19 United States dollars. That's at VEASAN.com slash Madness. Gil Alexander, we get tweets uh, at beating the book and uh, got some folks talking about what's up for the 40-yard for the dash at DraftKings. Robert Snyder showing me that the uh, slower than 4.29 seconds is at plus 120. So it's David Dorman. David Dorman says in Illinois for the combine in the 40 dash, slower than 4.29 is plus 120. Great show every day. If you're not listening daily, you're missing out. Thank you, Gil. Thank you, David Dorman. Hey, man, slower than 4.29 at plus 120? I think you got to bet that. You got to be. And if you lose, you lose. Tip of the cap, you're faster than I thought you could be. Only 13 players all time, breaking 4.29. Not sure there's a candidate to do so this year. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you may know him from Daily Wager at ESPN. Perhaps you knew him from uh, appearances on this show, on the podcast, from years gone by. Now he is uh, director at Wagme United, uh, a a team in in the in Great Britain that one day could possibly be, well, let's put it this way, crypto's path to the Premier League. It's our buddy Preston Johnson. How you doing, Preston?
1: I am good, Gil. Thank you for the intro. Good yeah, morning. How are you guys?
2: Yeah, we're doing very well. I hope that was an accurate thing. I, I just want to uh, let me just say this for people who are listening, because there is going to be some people who, who are like, "Oh, what is this?" What? So, non fungible token. You, cre- you didn't create CryptoPunks, but you created the CryptoPunk comic, and it became wildly mm-hmm. popular, and through that, let's just do the, the short version, through that, through that, you were able to parlay, and you guys came up with an idea, you and your partners, to purchase a soccer team in Great Britain that one day could be elevated, who knows, to the Premier League. That's essentially the, the, the thumbnail, if you will.
1: Yeah, a lot of the communities and projects in this whole NFT Web three space are are based on speculation. There's actually nothing there. It's like, hey, you might get a hoodie once for your little like cartoon whatever, or you might have this little character in the metaverse one day. We kind of wanted to flip it and be like, what if we actually you know got a soccer team first, and then we built the community around that because we don't have a you know sp- a sports brand and crypto just doesn't exist yet. And so that's basically the very macro overarching idea of what we're trying to do with uh, this whole new space and, and technology that's growing.
2: That is phenomenal which is why I bring you on the show first to talk about love is blind. Now you and exactly. I have had <laughs> you and I have had similar experiences where your wife and my girlfriend had us watch Love is blind. Now I just want to say for those who, who don't know what we're talking about, this was sort of a riveting reality show. Um, Your, I, I said my biggest takeaway is it turns out love is not blind. But I just want to, I, I just want to set odds on this for you. The two couples that did get married, uh, we're talking Ayana and Jarrett, mm-hmm. and we're talking about uh, was it Nick and Danielle. Set the odds on them going past a year, both of them, on the yes.
1: Ooh, one year. So I believe from season one there is one couple that's still together. Mm-hmm. Um, what I gather, my wife looked it up when season two is starting. I'll say. One year. I'll say both of them are slight favorites. Slight favorites. I'm gonna say but like, but like more than five years, I think both are dogs. Like it's it's that much <laughs> of a swing where I think I believe in what they did and the fame that they got that they can at least give it one year. Like that might be the minimum that they say we're not getting divorced. More than three sixty six. Day three sixty six we're out, but like we gotta give it one year. <laughs> more so than that, that that's that's yeah, phenomenal. I'll, I'll go with favorites, but uh you know what's fascinating to me? I mean, it's just an interesting experiment in general. Yes. I don't know how much that is set up and like, you know, how much are they really paying these couples to like, hey, we we love your character, like we, we need to make sure you're on for the rest of the episode. So say yes. Like who knows? But um there's only in both seasons, I've watched both. I'm not sure if you have as well, Gil. And no. I think the other one was pre-COVID, so it was a while back. But I I I, I know Joke felt so bad for Shake uh and, and Deep because He was here comes this guy who comes into the pod and he's talking about how uh, he's he's trying to ask questions. And for those that aren't aware, you're you're basically dating with dating blind. You're in this little room. You're discussing and having the convos and emotional intellect, but you're not actually able to see who you're talking to. And so he'd ask these really snarky questions about, well, could I could I hold you on top of my shoulders? Basically a way of asking, are you fat or not? Right. Like he comes in like. He's like, I've only dated white girls. He's an Indian guy. His name is Shake. He's like, I've only dated blonde white girls, never dated an Indian girl. Well, he finds this Indian girl who also has only dated white guys. Anyway, over time, he's maybe not as attracted to her as he has been other girls in the past. He's dated, but emotionally, he loves her. I feel like he embraced his Indian culture by the end. I do, and too. And like prepping for that. Yes. To a level. And you can see him. He was extremely emotional about it. But I, I, I thought that they were going to actually really work. And within 30 seconds of me like thinking how cool this is and they're doing these cool cultural Indian wedding things, she just like <laughs> says no and they're like moving on to the next couple. And I didn't understand what happened there. And I felt really bad for him. And then he, afterwards, he's like, it's OK. And he like starts celebrating anyway. I thought That was the weirdest one because they – I fell for that one. Whatever happened, somehow I missed it. But I thought that they were genuinely gonna make that and make it and it just totally fell apart. So then
2: yeah.
3: the
1: other couples I honestly didn't care about because I kept thinking about Shake and I know I just went on a super tangent, but that was the one where I was I was actually like really rooting for those guys because I thought he had like a change of heart and like identity in a sense.
2: I had I have three three takeaways that I want to ask you a basketball question. One is one is that I thought, okay, it turns out love isn't blind. Two, um, the Korean father of Natalie had me teared up when he, when he said, you're, "You're my greatest achievement." There was a whole thing on that. But three, I think mm-hmm. the biggest sort of underrated takeaway of the whole show was the guy with the huge ears, who overlooked five bajillion red flags on the super attractive blonde girl Shana. What that—that that was the message that I thought was was just as important as everything else, which was this guy would have overcome. All kinds of warnings to be with this girl. It didn't matter what she said. He was like, oh, no, she's my physical perfection. I'm going to overlook all of that to be with her. And it's just like, no, that's the point of the whole show, right? I just thought that was fascinating, too. Really good.
1: That's true. If he had actually seen her and she wasn't hot, yeah. Like he probably doesn't care and it's not He's like the she's the
2: worst woman happened. in the world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's true. It's, a, no, it's definitely true. All right. For those who want to hear a basketball opinion from you though, uh, Joe we, we talked a little bit about this last night. James Harden with Joel Embiid. Two games, not a huge sample size, all looks good so far. Your your quick take on that was what?
1: Yeah, I can, I can give you that same answer. I just, I said, let's throw out all the analytics. Let's throw out numbers. Because if you look at those, they're going to say they're going to be really, really good. That's why Daryl Morey made the trade. Uh, Harden looks like 10 pounds smaller and skinnier than he did a few weeks ago. He actually looks like he's trying where if you watch enough, for some reason I watched the Sacramento Kings Brooklyn game before Harden went out with his hamstring injury air quotes. And then, you know, the trade he kind of was just missing some time. Uh, he just he just didn't care, and now he cares. And so I, I think there's something to that. And obviously, his if he's in shape and better shape and better health, then that's great. I, I think, and it comes down to this. And, and this is I think when you're looking macro playoffs, there's so many teams. East is wide open. If I'm defending Philadelphia, I was looking at the numbers yesterday. Um, Matisse Leibels, this defender that wing stopper in isolation situations literally leads the NBA in opponent field goal percentage. He's really hard to score on. He also on wide open catch and shoot threes this year, which a lot of teams leave them wide open. He doesn't shoot a ton of them, but he shoots 26.7% from three. What are you going to do in the playoffs when all people (laughs) do is like leave open the guy that can't hit a three. And so that's the one thing they have to solve. Maybe Danny green can jump in and he's just lost a few steps over the last couple of years. So it's, it's tough to trust him now. Um, That's the one hole that they have potentially. But if, if the wash is that he's, such a good defender, maybe, maybe they're okay. Right. So, and there's a few things they tried in their first two games, small sample, but Harden and beat are attracting so much attention in the pick and roll in center where instead of just standing out at three, uh, Theibel's like cutting to the basket more and he's, he's getting uh, layups from Harden on that. So maybe they have a way where secretly Thibault kind of becomes what Ben Simmons has always been on offense, which is fine. Cause now you don't have two of them. You have James Harden instead. And so, um, they would be my favorites, I think right now to, to come out of the East, which is, uh, just kind of, Wild how this all came to be.
2: Yeah, despite the tie bowl, good note, you, they would still be your favorites. Would you bet them to win the East?
1: No, not now. I mean, if you yeah. were able to get it while everything was starting to crash, right? After the news, yeah, I mean, they were 10 to 1, 7.5 to 1, 6.5 to 1. But it's, uh, what are they, plus 250? Was that the yeah. odds that you guys had up yeah. there too, last night? Yeah, it's way too low. You can't, you can't bet that now.
2: Real quick on your way out here, we got 30 seconds. Uh, Denver 16 to 1 to win the West. Obviously, Jokic smash his opponents when he's playing. But you have the prospect of Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray perhaps coming back. Would you take a flyer on the Nuggets in the West?
1: I know somebody that did actually two days ago. They reached out to me, just wanted to kind of test, uh, gauge my temperature on it. And if, look, Jamal Murray and MPJ, I believe, set to come back at some point in March. So if you can get something kind of integrated where the playoffs are and just like the, let's see if they can get in a rhythm, but you get March or half of March and part of April to do that. Uh, the West is also wide open, especially if Chris Paul's hurt. I think is the Suns are the best team. Otherwise, if he's out, who knows? It's, it's, it's going to be a fascinating playoff this year.
2: Preston, you're the best. Thanks for doubling our uh, female demographic and listenership. We appreciate
1: that. <laughs> no problem. Take it easy, guys. You
2: too. Preston Johnson, still at Sports Cheetah. Despite big things he's doing in this world, right here on the Numbers Game at Visa, and the Sports Betting Network. Hockey, north of the border, with Andy McNeil next.
3: Gil Alexander on V-CEN
1: these Sports betting Network.
2: BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code vsyn 200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions and Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wage a new customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Skill We get Alexander. Uh, we get text and tweets. Text from uh, Ben Fox. Ben Fox who says, uh, definitely need more love is blind discussions. Poor Shake. <laughs> This is from – and now we get tweets at beating the book. This is from uh, Matthew Mayberry. He said, did Preston just set up a huge middle over one year under five? I'm in. (laughs) That's the greatest. Preston said, "Over, over is a slight favorite, big dog under Big dog for five years. Joby, great love is blind discussion with Preston this morning. Any chance for a Joe millionaire for richer or poorer segment with Preston next week? All right, I see you. Mark B., uh, FYI, NBA awards and NFL draft markets also unavailable in any book in New York. Same as Nevada, thumbs down. Chris Hartman, Gil, will the basketball gods give us Philly versus the Nets, the two versus seven seed in the first round of the playoffs? Man, I hope so. That would be spectacular, because Ben Simmons can't run at that point either. Got to play. Mike Alvarez, new podcast idea for you and Preston. You guys get together with Jerry Seinfeld and watch Melrose plays and do a one-hour pod recapping each episode. We're in. (laughs) Consider it done. Ladies and gentlemen from uh, north of the border, talking hockey, It's Andy McNeil from Edmonton, Alberta. How you doing, Andy? I'm
5: doing pretty good. Has Has Preston uploaded himself into the metaverse yet,
2: or uh, is
5: he still working on that?
2: Preston, this is, is, is this worth lingering on for a second. So here's Preston Johnson. Preston and I used to do, like, college football bowl podcasts where we were like, okay, you know, maybe we should try to monetize this by, like— doing three for, like, a buck or three for $9.99. I don't know what we were doing, right? This was, like, way back. We were just trying all stuff. Now Preston is on his way <laughs> to to just um, a phenomenal life. By the way, it couldn't happen to a greater, nicer person. So the name of the club, right, the name of the uh, soccer club is Wag Me United, and it's one of these things in Britain. You know how it works: teams get relegated, teams get elevated. So one day he could end up potentially with a Premier League team. Just phenomenal, phenomenal story. What are you doing yeah, with your no, life? What are you doing with your life, Andy McNeil? Huh?
5: It's uh, it's incredible, and um, definitely uh, regret. Not uh, asking him uh, about, you know, two years ago. Hey, what's all this? Th- what's all this NFT stuff about? And, yeah, and whatever. <laughs> but instead, I just muted all of the words that he was tweeting all the time. So, like, um, yeah, like, I just understand. live and
2: learn, right? I don't understand this guy. What's he talking about? And now look at him. Uh, you can, can we talk about your partner though? Are we allowed to say what your partner's doing? Yeah,
5: yeah, we can. We can talk about Cole. He's no longer my uh, my partner anymore. He. Um, Obviously Cole was the the brains behind the propagator and the the, the player prop model did not uh, get off the ground how I had hoped uh, this season. Things didn't go great and uh, didn't end up Profiting in the, the first half of the season, obviously it was it was tough with um, you know trying to manage lineups and with COVID news and and so much uh, player movement and whatnot that made it a little tougher. But um, Cole was actually hired by the the Philadelphia Flyers as a lead data analyst, um, Love so it. he will be uh, he will be not involved in in sports betting anymore, to to say the least. But he'll be uh, he'll be trying to help the Flyers uh, get their first Stanley Cup since, uh, what, 72,
2: I, I believe I so. I believe so. Yeah, that dude, that's phenomenal. From the propagator to working for the 76. 76. <laughs> well, the, and then the Islanders won four in a row or something, I think, right after that, if I'm not mistaken. So might have my yeah. hockey history, yeah, messed up. But that's uh, that's awesome. Good for Cole. Uh, you're not doing the propagator, but you are still, of course, betting hockey and following closely. You had a good night last night. By the way, you're lightning. You had the lightning on the puck line. They were down two to nothing. Then I look up, they're up five to two. And I believe that was the final. Was that the final? I don't know if they got an empty net.
5: Yeah, that was the final. Yeah. And it was incredible because Ottawa had scored on their very first two shots of the game. Two nothing, two shots. Uh, they didn't score again. The Lightning scored five unanswered goals and uh, and covered the, the the puck line with some insurance. So I was pretty happy about that.
2: So let me ask you the same question I asked for those who missed it last night and a new audience this morning. Give me the handful of teams that you legit feel. And I know, here's the thing, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs... Are super random, right? Again, that stat we like to throw out by stats by Lopez for the for the percentage of favorites to get through uh, in hockey series like they do at the same rate in the NBA playoffs. You'd basically have to play a best of fifty one in hockey, like yeah. that's how it would have to go for it to manifest where the favorites would actually get through at the same rate. So that uh, that is a backdrop and and still keeping that in mind still give me the t- the handful of teams that you think have a legit shot at this
5: yeah so i'm i i think there are a, definitely a, more than a handful of teams that have a legitimate shot um I, I i think in the east you can you can look at tampa bay florida uh, and carolina right off the top and in the the west you can look at colorado vegas and calgary but there are many more teams that are you know right around um that you know right below that tier um that fit the mold that are you know frankly better than teams like the dallas stars and the montreal canadiens from a few years ago that uh, went to the stanley cup final so i think um you know looking at the playoff picture and, and you know i can kind of go off on a tangent here a little bit the NHL season has been extremely boring. Uh, there's no surprises this year. Um, the Eastern Conference has been set for about yeah. two months now. Like nobody's getting in. The Blue Jackets are probably not. Like they're the only team that yeah, might have a chance to, to catch somebody, and it's not looking very good. So there hasn't been a lot of movement. You're probably just you're we're basically just waiting for the the, the, the eight teams that are going to make the playoffs to uh, to figure out the the positioning. Um, the West is a lot more interesting. We still have the Dallas Stars hanging on to that last uh, wild card spot, I believe, unless things changed after uh, after yesterday's games. But um, you know, there there aren't as many top teams in the West. But there, you know, there are teams like the the Minnesota Wild, the L.A. Kings that that could definitely make some noise. Obviously, those teams don't have as good of a shot of winning the Stanley Cup as a team like Florida or Colorado, but. Um, you know, as we've seen in years past, a, a, a well-structured team uh, that you know can play that playoff uh, brand of hockey uh, that it takes to, to get to the Stanley Cup can can make some noise. So there, you know, I, I really think that heading into the, this year's playoffs, we're going to have. Uh, you know, fourteen to to fourteen to sixteen, really, really good teams that you know, and I wouldn't be surprised to see any of them, um, you know, go on a run. But you, you've got the top dogs, those five or six teams at the top that that will likely win the Stanley Cup more often than not.
2: Yeah, but it's still it's very much in line with like the NBA's Eastern Conference with March Madness, like it's kind of free for all this shit in, in in all of the above um and then real quick because we i want to get to your to your thoughts on tonight's games here we only have two minutes total jack Eichel, six games with the golden knights anybody thinking about betting the knights then just as you sort of alluded to like not the worst bet in the world like you you give them a shot for sure
5: yeah, I do and um i i i I definitely worry about their um you know ability to to win games down the stretch and i'm 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 worried about their playoff positioning. I think they could end up finishing, you know, without home ice if if they don't really clean up uh, clean up things quickly here. But Leonard's back. Um, that's going to help them, um, and uh, they should be all right down the stretch. But uh, de- yeah, definitely definitely shop around. I think they are when everything when it's all said and done, and the playoffs start. This is uh, this is going to be a team that shapes up uh, as one of the best in the league. So um, they they you know are going to, to give a team like the Avalanche a, a run for their money.
2: And Andy, only four games tonight in the NHL. I don't know if you have a bet yet, but what are you looking at anyway?
5: I do actually. I almost had a couple of bets. Um, I tried to to bet the Kings as a dog at plus one twenty five or better earlier this morning, but um, it moved across the board in lockstep, and and now it's down to a consensus price of around plus one twenty. So a little bit of value there. I think Dallas should be priced around minus one fifteen, no higher than that, but. I'll, I guess I'll wait and see if it, it comes back but I do have a, a big bet on the Toronto Maple Leafs to cover the puck line at minus 165 I'm comfortable laying up to a dollar 75 uh, on the Leafs to cover the one and a half goal puck line um you know it's it's a big price but Toronto Toronto's priced at around minus 360 consensus at VEASAN.com right now and I think they should be priced closer to 530 or minus 530 sorry and uh you know it's it's the uh, Sabres team they rank Um, In the bottom five on offense and defense, they're one of the worst teams in the league in terms of goal share and uh, expected goal share. Um, And Toronto is one of the best teams. And the the Sabres are coming in, having lost six games in a row, all by two goals or more. uh, And and that'll probably be the case tonight when the the Leafs uh, host them in Toronto.
2: All right. Leafs on the puck line against the Sabres. Kings on the money line against the Stars. Don't let the Kings drift any further, though. Andy, always great talking to you, man. Great seeing you.
5: All right, thanks, Go.
2: Andy McNeil at Digital Gambler, there in Edmonton, Alberta, giving us a little dose of hockey this morning. Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke in Southern Cali next. Numbers game, Veasan, the Sports Betting Network.